The information and views you hear on this podcast should never take the place of sitting down with your doctor and establishing a treatment plan that's best for you. For 26 years, he's been the radio voice of the Washington Wizards. But his story with multiple sclerosis started decades ago. On this episode of Mastering MS, sportscaster Dave Johnson shares his MS journey. And thanks for joining us. I'm Mike Marillo. And I'm Nick Irons. And today we have a special guest for you on the podcast. He's my colleague at WTOP, Nick. And Nick, he's actually the person you also beat up in the uh, in the gym. Yes, gladly. Yes. No, no, it's, it's uh, we're all MS warriors here, and it's, it's a great story. So thanks for, thanks for inviting me. Dave Johnson, he's with WTOP, of course, but he's also the voice of the Wizards. And Dave, we really bonded over the last couple of years because we both have MS. Right. And that's something that we've uh, gotten to you know know each other better about our, our histories and with me you know I just got it back in 2016 you were a couple years later that you found out you had it and we just thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, you know come and, and share your story with us yeah it's, it's a strange way to make connections in life and, and I've made some wonderful connections and it's it's a wonderful community the MS community but you were you were so helpful to me at that point because I'm sure you were experiencing in 2016 when all of a sudden I was going down that road and it was a little surreal because my mother had it and she died from complications in 1979 from it because there was no uh, options back then for any kind of any kind of treatment. So, as it was happening to me, it was all very surreal until they, they said, "Well, you've got primary progressive," and and then you start to think, "Well, who do I call?" And and, and you know, what's next? This is really happening to me. And so, you you were a great lifeline for me, and and uh, I try to be to other MS people as we all fight this together and and connecting with Nick is as painful as it's been his workouts <laughs> have, have been great again uh, uh, Irons Fitness and now it sounds like I'm getting a free plug in here because that's yes. what it, sports <laughs> announcers always go into is free plugs <laughs> but it, it is a tremendous uh it, it does I, I feel like it's helping me you know stay um <laughs> I was gonna say stay relevant but whatever yes it's helping <laughs> me stay and, you know, Nick, and I discussed this with you and Dave, I discussed this with you, you know, our schedules are crazy. And yours, I won't even compare my schedule to Dave Johnson's schedule because you're up at three some morning. Sometimes you're going to bed at midnight or one or two. So it's hard to try to get the healthy lifestyle into the mix, right? Yeah, no, I'm not a good advertisement for a healthy lifestyle. And I don't <laughs> say that cavalierly. But in fact, when I got diagnosed with MS, I always thought, aha, uh, or, or as I started to have these symptoms, I thought, you know, uh, this, this pushing myself is finally caught up with me because I didn't think it was MS. I, my mom had it and she was diagnosed young. Uh, she obviously a woman. And so I, I, the, the, the view I always had as MS, well, I knew that men could get it. Uh, I thought it was something that you got young and it was typically uh, a female that was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So I, I was, as I was having these symptoms, I was chalking it up to a, oh boy, you know, it's, it's I've worked too hard. I've pushed myself. Et cetera, et cetera. And, and in fact, I asked the doctor, did, did I do this to myself? After he told me about MS, I'm thinking, you know, maybe all these years of three hour and four hour nights of sleep uh, did it. And he said, that's, that's not the case, which, you know, small victory, I guess. But anyway. You're sort of an unusual guest for us because you have both sides of what we're trying to teach people about MS, which is coming from the family side and then also somebody who has it. Let's start about 
uh, being a family member of somebody with MS. What, tell us about your mom and uh, what she was like as a person when she got it. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I obviously realize, you know, even now just how brave she was because unlike now where we do have, we're, we're all together and we're, we're on a podcast, you know, and, and there's the MS Society and there's, uh, I don't. I don't think there was walk MS back then, or bike MS, or or, or, or just didn't feel like it. It felt very isolated as as a as a family with MS in the, in the late sixties and, and early seventies. I, I still remember, you know, my mom reading everything she could possibly read, and that was <laughs> that wasn't the internet. You had to. It was a magazine I remember called Prevention Magazine, and you, we'd hear about some doctor with some diet in, in, in North Carolina. Well, you, you drove to North Carolina. You didn't, again, there was no Zoom uh, meeting. So it was, we were, my dad was determined and we're gonna you just try to fight. Um, so she was, uh, 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 you know, very brave for us because this, you know, um, struck her early when she was in her 20s or, or, or you know, the excitement of life when you're, um, you know, getting through college and, and, and about to advance and uh, start a family and, and, and all those things that all people, you know, are, I should say a lot of people, that's what they want to do and, and pursue. And, and so, um, and with her, because there were no options, because MS is so unpredictable, you know, as I said, it claimed her life. And I, I, I witnessed the, um, the worst of it in terms of where she couldn't hold her head up or she couldn't swallow. Uh, I can, as I've told people, if, if you want to choke at a lunch, I'm good because I can handle a Heimlich maneuver. I learned as a kid because I wow. used to have to perform the Heimlich wow. maneuver on her. It was just part of, it became, everybody becomes, when you're battling something, your new normal. And that was my new normal. But, you know, I think back at what she went through and it, it, uh, it certainly is, is top of mind now. So I, Looked online last night. I googled Dave Johnson. <laughs> the things that came up. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, that's right. Right. And one of the best interviews that you gave was uh, done by like a twelve-year-old kid this time last year. Uh, wow. He asked. He asked you five or six questions, and uh, you were telling him a story about uh, how you would entertain your mom. Right. Uh, and how that led to your, the uh, career you're in now. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I, I mean, that's really how uh, I've been, what I'm doing is st still what I was doing when I was five or six years old. So, and you could argue I haven't really advanced mentally past that since then, but the, uh, um, she was my audience of one. I mean, again, she had, you know, a limited, she was in a wheelchair. She was, um, uh, you know, I'd come home from school. I'd, I'd I take care of her, and and part of what I would do would, you know, it, 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 back then there were these things called newspapers, and you'd cut lineups out of newspapers, and <laughs> and I'd broadcast imaginary games to her, and and she oh, would wow. she would listen. So yeah, that was uh, that was what I did forty some years ago, whatever it's been, and and uh, I'm still doing it now. Only they're real games. Yeah, you honed your skills. Yeah, by entertaining yes, your yes, mom. yeah. It's really yeah, it's a yeah, cool story. Yeah, yeah. Going through what you did with your mother, and then now having it yourself, do you think that somewhat prepared you for taking on this uh, illness? Well, I, I think you know. Uh, I mean, she always kept a, a good attitude. She had a great sense of humor, and you you'd just keep smiling and laughing, and and uh, because. Uh, is, she had the expression, she just keeps showing up in life to see what happens next. And there's a lot to that anyway, whether you have MS or not, you, you don't know what the next day is going to bring, good or bad or crazy or chaotic. or, or uh, So 
Yeah, I think, you know, the way I was raised has certainly uh, helped me um, deal with this because, you know, MS is, uh, we, we don't play a violin and we don't, you don't cry about it. You just get on with your life, but it's mm-hmm. no fun. Um, and it's, it's, and I certainly, you know, uh, say words that we're not going to share here on this podcast more often <laughs> as I'm getting dressed yeah. or, or, you know, taking a fall or whatever, but you just, you just keep going. All right. Now take us back to when you found out. What were some of the symptoms that you were having that made you say, I need to get this checked out? Well, the uh, uh, in 2018, we were, it was a pretty busy time sports-wise around here. The, the Capitals were in the Stanley Cup and I was working mornings here at WTOP and, and nights at Channel 4 and, and covering the Capitals. And, you know, I would, I would get home after these, you know, days at, at uh, 1230 and, and have to be up again at 4 a.m. or whatever. And I would, I would feel... You know, tingling in my feet and just, just I would feel it. Now, all I was thinking of, wow, that was a long day, and and so, but and these are all symptoms in hindsight that I think were probably MS indicators, mm-hmm. but I'm not thinking that. I'm just thinking I've just pushed it too hard, and uh, then I started to have some some problems with my right hand, and I'm thinking, well, we all work on computers and and a lot on computers, carpal and tunnel or something, car- like that. carpal tunnel. So that's what I'm thinking, and and. Um, and then I started to have some other uh, problems with my, <laughs> problems with my, my knee as I gradually fall apart. That's that was how I you know went down this road, and so I'm thinking my knee, and then you know I'm I'm uh, saying oh well the, the knee is connected to the thigh bone et cetera. And so I'm now self-diagnosing yeah. that it's causing problems up and down because I have a, essentially a bad right side. So I, I, I explained that to my general practitioner and he said well no no it, it, maybe well, let's get a couple things looked at, uh, but. You know, a, knee, a bad knee is not going to cause the whole right side of your body to yeah. be impacted. So that started a, a series of, of MRIs, and I still just thought I was dealing with maybe the knee and what about this carpal tunnel? And and, uh, and when I went in for the knee, the guy said, well, I really don't like what I'm seeing. And a lot of people said that about my brain. I don't like what I'm seeing <laughs> on your brain. So um, next thing you know, more MRIs. Next thing you know, uh, they were saying, I want to send you – um, to a, a specialist and, and, and again, at that point, it, it's like getting on a ride. You really didn't want to get on. Yes. Uh, so you just sit down and, and buckle up and, and see where this goes. Um, and it, it went into MS. And when you were first diagnosed, uh, did you know the advances that happened in the last 30 years since your mom dealt with it? Or was, did your <sighs> brain go to, Oh my God, that's going to be me down the line. Um, no, I knew there was a, uh, but I didn't know specifically. I, and so embarrassingly, I, I don't know if I, you know, ran away from MS because, you know, I dealt with it for the first 15 years of my life. And I, I, I just, you know, and I would hear about, uh, it, you know, I remember hearing about the first treatment in like 93 and my, my mom's sister, my aunt, who I'm still very close with, you know, we were excited about that. Um, I, I didn't know how many advancements uh, were, were made. And, and when I was told I had primary progressive, uh, back when my mom had it, or at least as I remember, I don't remember there being grades of it. I just remember there was multiple sclerosis and that was it. So it was, I, I was—I didn't go right there that that could be um, where I'm going. But yeah, there was a fear that I could go there. I'm sure there was also part of you that was like, oh crap, not only do I have MS, I have what can, could be the 
toughest kind right. of MS. I'm sure you're like, wow, that's a double double whammy. Yeah, no, it was, it was quite, <laughs> quite a, uh, a kick in the pants. I'm like, uh, congratulations. I've always tried to overachieve, and now here I am overachieving again. I get my first – because they were mystified in all seriousness. It was not – that's not supposed to be your first diagnosis, and, and that leads to the – another joke that I still remember the um, – the doctor at the time said, it looks like from your MRI, something's been going on in your brain for 15 or 20 years. And I thought, nothing's been going on there for 15 <laughs> or 20 years. So, but I mean, I really, he said, well, you must have and I had any, some symptoms or something. And and it's not like I've been selling beach umbrellas in Greece. I mean, I, I, I've you know, been a busy person and I never noticed um, any stereotypical symptoms. Obviously, you have a schedule that has you working at all times of the day. How do you balance your schedule and also take care of the things you need to for the MS? Well, the, the schedule going is it's a it is a mental disease as well. Or, or, or I, I don't know if I should say that or that's the way I view it. It's it's I view it as a you know it's a bit of a competition. It's it, it's a bit claustrophobic. It's something inside you. Um, and, and so maybe it's foolish, but I think uh, okay, MS, you're going to try to beat me. I'm going to beat you. And I'll, I'll exhaust you. I'll wear you out. And there's, um, you know, when I do mornings here, then, yeah, I do just want to lay down and stop. And I don't want to go work out with, with uh, Nick. Um, <laughs> but, and he sees me lifting weights with my eyes closed. Yeah. And that's not an act. That's, you know, I'm, but I'm just, I'm pushing through. And so it, it, does, it does motivate me to, to push through even harder. That it's that it's you know okay it's it's uh, I would like to just stop moving but I'm not or I I can't and if I have to lift weights with my eyes closed or or whatever I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you MS and I talked to Nick about this but I felt such a difference and part of it probably was I wasn't working out as much I wasn't as focused on you know things like that when I would do the occasional run or something right, right. but I was not on a routine for working out. Did you notice a difference once you started getting into doing things like working out and, and being more consistent at it? Oh yeah, no, there's no question. And, there, and, and there's been times with my travel schedule where um, I'm not allowed to go into, or, or not not allowed, but not, I can't yes. ha have a workout or, or it just doesn't work uh, schedule-wise. And, and I notice a difference, uh, uh, you know, the lack of it. So it, it now, again, that gets back to the old... Um, medical debate about mind over a body or, or yep. whatever. Uh, is it, is it really doing it or is it because it's giving me the mental strength that I think I'm fighting it and, and getting stronger or, or staying strong or staying even, you know, I, I think I'm in a, in a, in a tread water. And that's why the working out is so important. I think I've got a, I don't think I've become, we've been working out for about a year now, almost yeah. a, you are August. Yeah. And, and yeah. you look at me, there's, there's not, a, <laughs> I'm not going to wow them at the beach anytime soon. And I've been working pretty hard, but that's because you're you, pretty good. But the point being, you, you, you are in a, you know, it's getting, it gets back to the competition that MS is trying to get you. So, all right, MS, I'm going to, I'm going to, you, you think that's bad. I'm going to, I'm going to make you go through this workout. So that and the medications have worked been working for you. I guess I, that's the thing about I have Ocrevus twice a year, and and you know I think people on from the outside and, and MS people know and you know this, it's not like you get that treatment and the next day you think wow you mm -hmm. know I'm, I'm glad I got that Ocrevus I you know I think I'll go ride a bike for ten miles. <laughs> you don't notice. There's no instant gratification. There's no nothing. It. Yeah, because it just I guess it's supposed to slow down 
whatever's going on. So if it if you're if you're still walking and still talking, I guess it's working. You really just as soon as you found out, you let the whole world, you know, in on what you were right. coping with and, and talk about that decision. I've been open about it, uh, you know, with colleagues and stuff, but I got to admit, I'm not as open as you were right, right away. So talk a bit about your decision to really, you know, be public about it. You're, well, I have to say, you're hosting a podcast about MS. So right. I think you're, I about, as, I think right. you're about as open as I am now, but you know? I will admit for the first couple of years, yeah. I kind of, you know, just, okay, I got an illness and just kind of went right. on with life, right? As we, we kind of talked about, but I got to admit, I kind of learned from you that there is strength in sharing your story. So right. I want to ask you about your decision to do so. Well, I mean, a couple of things. The, the uh, uh, I, you know, it, be at various events or games, you, I, I'm visible and, people's, and people were starting to say, oh, you know, what's wrong with your knee? Or, oh, you know, because they see me limping. And, and I thought, you know, <laughs> it's not gonna, this is not going to get better. So I, for the next whatever years of my life, I'm going to keep saying that I've got a bad knee, I've got a bad hip. I've got, no, I'm, so why lie? embrace what you have and 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 that's that's what it is and, and i still remember also the start of the uh, 1920 wizard season I'm, I'm in a dallas hotel room and and i'm, I'm scared uh, i'm alone i'm scared i'm thinking about ms and i thought well wait a minute if i'm alone and i'm scared then other people are alone and scared and so uh, that's when i just decided uh, you know you're gonna see me limp and this is what i'm gonna do and and I'm uh, I'm gonna fight MS and and, uh, and 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 get involved in trying to to beat MS and um, and then it became you you know you get strength in numbers you start because there's so many ways people can connect to you and vice versa you know somebody will email me and say well you know I heard you at five fifteen in the morning so I figured if you can get up I can get up and that gets back to you know part of MS is just getting up and the rest you have to figure out from there. Like everything else you do, you sort of jumped into the world of MS when you were diagnosed uh, and have done quite a bit for the MS community. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Well, I, I, I mean, fundraising, I've, I've helped out, you know, with through using visibility. I mean, it was you know, very amazingly kind. We had a Wizards MS Awareness Night, and, and I thought we were which we were raising money from from ticket sales and and next thing you know uh, monumental sports donates 25 grand wtop donates 25 grand giant food donates 25 grand kpmg donates 25 grand next thing you know it's a hundred thousand and it's still as i say it's a night that i'll never forget i just wish i could remember it because it was so overwhelming um, but it also just shows that these are all people that that i'd worked with over the years and uh, you know, and again, it shows the importance of, of community and making connections. And, and as John Wooden, the basketball coach, always used that quote that you haven't lived a good day until you do something for uh, someone that you don't expect anything in return. And so I think it's an important way to, to live your life anyway, because you never know when it'll come back at you. And, you know, as I was involved with, with with giant food and their children's cancer foundation for so many years and, and so many things you don't I'm not doing this because well one day I'm going to call on a favor but that's that's the way you know this world should work where we all help each other so Mike and I were a couple rows behind you uh, when you accepted the big check for the hundred thousand dollars from the MS society so, cool. so if you don't remember that event, we both have it on. Good. Well, no, no, no it's, well, it really was. We were in a commercial break, and and my partner on the radio, Glenn Consul, was saying, was pointing at the screen because they were doing a, a thing on the the big screen, and uh, he's telling me to t take my headset off, and I'm saying, "You idiot!" We, I'm talking to a producer here, and and he's pointing up, and you know, our wonderful owner Ted Leonsis is talking, and I'm thinking he's doing a season ticket ad or something, and 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 all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's a check, and there's cheerleaders, and 
you know, it was pretty crazy. And that must have been a very emotional moment, just seeing this whole community that, you know, you've dedicated your life to, DC United, the Wizard, you know, all facets of your life pretty much coming together to rally behind you. Yeah, no, well, it was it was even like last uh, fall when we did something with the great people at Lighthouse who uh, we raised 20,000 with, with DC United or, or uh, again, just... just uh, or the George Mason, uh, George Mason hockey, where this coach calls me and you know said, you, you know, over the years you always were nice to me, and I'd like to do this. So it's it, it, and we raised twenty one thousand. I say we uh, people and uh, George Mason, Stephen Hijack, and that wonderful George Mason ice hockey. But it's communities. It's it's there's a George Mason ice hockey community. There's a whatever community you get involved in these, these people, we can hopefully make a difference. And then when, when uh, you see a donation like a hundred thousand, you think, because there's a part of you that says, we're going to beat this. We're going to find a cure. Mm -hmm. And there's also a part of you that says, yeah, but no, it's never happened. It's not going to, there's, you, you have this yin and yang in your head that you believe, but you don't believe you're not sure because you've lived it my whole life. I watched my mom die of it. But then when there's a hundred thousand dollar check, you think, well, wait, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe we will yeah. we'll get this thing kicked. So I have to say, uh, I went to the George Mason hockey event and uh, Dave dropped the ceremonial first puck and, uh, and then he had to lean, but I guess he dropped a little early. So early. he had to do it did, again. Yeah. So yeah. he had to lean down and pick up the puck. And I was like, don't fall, don't right. fall, don't fall. Right. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. But he did great. He it was bent a, down twice, got yeah. the puck, yeah. and did be proud. That was a curious uh, fundraiser. You put a uh, MS patient on ice. That's, that's a <laughs> yeah. good idea. So it's, uh, it, it, uh, I'm thinking, this is great. I'll uh, raise $21,000, but I'll have a concussion after. So, yeah. But no, it was wonderful, yeah. You know, with what you do each day, obviously you love what you do, going out right. there, calling the games. Does that help you, you know, get – let that part of you, the MS portion, just kind of go away. How does how does your mind work when you get into your zone? Yeah, well, that does, and that's that's um, and even when my zone on TV is just a couple minute sportscast for that those two minutes, I'm trying to connect with somebody. I'm trying to put us, and it goes back to I, I can I can picture my mom listening to to the radio and and if she would get a smile or a charge. So it does put you in a zone. That, that, and that's the beauty of, of sporting events. I've said before, when people say to me, you know, what's the best thing uh, about sports? And they'll think I'll, I'll, you know, talk about a game or a player. And it's still, to me, um, you know, you get to an arena or a stadium and you see people happy. And you see families together, and you and suddenly the biggest concern is I'm gonna am I gonna catch a free T-shirt or or is that guy or girl gonna make the shot? And why I bring that up is is we didn't just talked about families. When I was a kid, that the bubble was always one of the bubbles was always um, uh, going to a sporting event. You know, suddenly your, your mom didn't have MS because where everybody was sitting down, and it it suddenly everything felt normal and everything felt happy. And, and what, what all that says is that when you really think about it and, and uh, extrapolate it out, um, that's what we look for in life anyway, bubbles. Because there's always going to be whatever we have, uh, challenges and, and unhappiness and et cetera. But, you know, find your bubbles. All right. I can say one thing that I found really cool about you is MS does not define who you are. Uh, from what I can tell about you is you don't let it, you're not an MS patient, right. Dave, who happens to have MS. Right, yeah. And I think that's really important for anybody out there who right. has MS, just not to 
it's not who you are. It's you're still you're still Dave. No, and, and you may walk a little funny. But yeah, it may walk. I may Dave. fall. I may fall too. Yeah. It's, it's like and when you fall, I, it's almost. Uh, I took a bad fall coming out of a grocery store <laughs> last week, and then I, oh. I spectacular roll. I would have given myself an eight point five <laughs> on the landing, but um, you know, you, all, all I could do in that situation is laugh. Uh, yeah, it does hurt, and I can still feel it on my right knee. Uh, but but you know. As my other mother's phrase was, "Smile." People wonder what you're up to, mm-hmm. so you just keep <laughs> smiling and, and trying to uh, get through it. And there'll be, yeah. And there's a on that moment, and I'm sure you've fallen, and and there's a moment of, of humility, and you're like. I didn't used to do that, but you know that's me. That's who I am now. A great way to react because it's there whether we like it or not. No, no, I, you know I'm going to fall again. I just hope it's stairs aren't involved. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? No, not after the stairs we do. <laughs> no <laughs> stairs. <laughs> Gotta watch this guy. So. <laughs> so, for people who are newly diagnosed, you've been through it a couple of years and really learned how to, you know, work your life with it. What was what's your recommendation to them? Obviously, you know it's not an easy transition. Well, I reach out to people like I did to you and, and or, or my good friend Mark Baroness who's, who's battled it. And, and uh, um, I, I, that's the starting point because, it, 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 as I said, it, to me, it is a claustrophobic um, disease. It's, 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 it's inside you and you, and you want to just say, get out of there. You, know, you want to take your MRI and erase what, what you see. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it becomes very claustrophobic. And um, so it, you know, I find talking to other MS warriors, uh, it makes, it makes a difference. And so I think that's a good starting point because you can drive yourself bananas with um, trying to figure out a a course of action. I think like anything in life, that's also a personal choice. And, And I've, you know, we've all been wonderfully blessed with, you know, I've had so many suggestions, but I'm not smart enough to figure out all of them or what's right or what's wrong. So I'm just trying to, to do the best I can. And it's working, working for me, but that doesn't mean it works for the next person. So uh, if you were to give some advice to, first, let's do the family members. If you were to give some advice to family members of people with MS, would you have any suggestions? Well, if you're, if you're dealing with, um, if, if it's kids and say your mother has it, you know, I, I think it's even like Ryan Zimmerman's charity that they do a camp for kids, for for families, so they can have a week where it feels feels normal. It is something that it is a uh, um, can imp- does impact the entire family, and and especially you know kids can't. And, and I say this, not in third person. I was a kid once, and and I didn't understand. I you know my mom can't walk. That part I understood. She wasn't like other moms in terms of walking or couldn't drive me to the, you know, baseball practice or, or, or whatever. Um, so it, it's, it is something that needs to be addressed as a family, the patience, which I wasn't always as patient as I should have been. I am still haunted by things I said when I was an eight-year-old boy or a seven-year-old boy or, or whatever. So I think it is something that, um, you know, as I deal with it now as an adult, my, my child's an adult, that, that's not an issue. But for, for people that have it and they have maybe young children or younger children, that, that's something that does need to be addressed as a family because you're going to face challenges or might face challenges. How about from the, uh, from the side of somebody who has it? 
what advice would you give to uh, people who are living with MS? You know, I think just, just um, again, I do believe it starts with attitude. And, uh, you know, you can, um, <laughs> there can be so many help with medications, et cetera, but you're, you're, you're not going to get medications. Well, I guess some you do get every day. I don't know. With mm-hmm. mine, it's just twice a year, and, and that's probably where you are, right? Yeah, I'm using that yeah. one. But before I was on a pill a day, so yeah, a day, they, have, right, they but, have the options. Yeah. Right. So, um but I, I do think it starts with attitude, and that's not easy because – and also just, you know, take a real good temperature yourself because apparently MS uh, can exasperate depression. It can cause uh, depression. Um, so it, it's – and that's where it gets back to talking to people, to opening up uh, about it. Uh, you know, everybody's dealing with with something, and so don't – you know, uh, I mean, it's not going to do you. I'm not saying go around saying, "Well, I got MS," and and but you you, um, it it starts with a good attitude. Okay, I, I'm going to beat this thing, or I'm going to fight this thing, um, because it's part of life, fighting things. And so, it, it, I do believe it starts with attitude. You're an inspiration to so well, many, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm you still are. awake, so that's a good sign. But no, we're, we're I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate what Nick is is doing with the the fitness. I think that's such a important uh component uh, i mean the the uh, physical health and the link to mental health i mean i'm sure there's lots of smart people with studies and etc but it it just it, again it, it when we talk about warrior or fight it is ms is a, a thing you want to fight and you want to beat and so that's where attitude and physical activity i do think are so important i know there's the diet options and i know there's other kinds of things. I I'm, <laughs> don't get into my diet. I'm not an advertiser for that. I've got to be better, and I know I've got to be better in general. But start with an attitude and, and some physical training. I think that goes a long way. It's. I think it's great for people to hear from someone else with it. I know for me that was always a great right. thing. So, you know, it's it's amazing what you're doing and willing to share your story. And thanks for sharing it with us. Appreciate being with you. All and right. uh, thanks for mentioning uh, the mental health issues with MS. Right. We actually have two episodes coming up right. uh, in the next few uh, episodes about about depression right. and MS. Right. Well, yeah, so, no, it's, yeah. well, I, I <laughs> met with a psychiatrist this, this past summer, and he, and he, uh, uh, he said that, that, you know, I probably have been dealing with you know, fighting off some form of depression all my life through this, et cetera, and then the MS is... And and, uh, and I thought, boy, this guy's trying to cheer me up, and it's just, I've got already. <laughs> but the point being is, just if you're aware of what you're dealing with, that that is, and then you can deal with it. If you know, it, it maybe to put it in sports terms, if you know who your opponent is, then okay, you know, take them on, and whatever that takes. Dave Johnson, he's the voice of the Washington Wizards and the morning sports guy on WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C. Dave, thanks so much for being here. Again, I appreciate it. There's a man with some crazy energy. Definitely. There's somebody who shows that, you know, he's not going to let it slow him down. And as he talked about, it doesn't define who he is. And we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. If you have any ideas, any topics you want us to explore on this podcast, we want to hear from you. Make sure you check out our website, mastering.ms. Absolutely. If there's a topic you'd like to hear, let us know. In our next episode, we're going to pump you up. No, actually, but we're going to talk to Nick about exercising with MS. We love it if you take a moment to subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music is by Rick Massimo. Until next time, I'm Mike Marillo. And I'm Nick Irons. And this has been the Mastering MS Podcast.